Grace Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It is a blessing to be here with you today. Brent. Thank you. Hey. Hey, thanks. I didn't know if you were just saying with them or with me. It is good to be here with you, Stephen. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to leave that enigmatic that uh, felt good on purpose. That's a big so. word. That's a big word. Yeah. But we are joined today by Ryan and Kelly Finnerud. Man, another big word. Finnerud. Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for, for being here today to, to share some time with us. And, um, you know, we, we take a moment on this podcast just to kind of share the story of some of our church members with the church and um, allow us to get to, to know each other better, uh, to get the church to know um, its members better. So, um, so thanks for being here just to kind of uh, share a little bit of your story and how you came to know Christ and that kind of thing. So, Ryan, I'd love to kind of just go straight at it with you if that's if that's okay have you start um if you could maybe just share a little bit about how you came to know christ and then how you ended up here at grace yeah that's great to be here thanks for having us um i guess i, I kind of i grew up in church i grew up in a in a church with a, a more liturgical background um and my folks were uh some of the youth leaders um and so we were there kind of whenever the doors were open uh, sometimes when they weren't, um, but spent a lot of time in church, went through uh, confirmation uh, process there, uh, which is designed to kind of instruct you in uh, in truths of, of the Bible and kind of all of the things of the faith. And, um, and I guess about uh, when I was a freshman in high school, it's really kind of when I first came to understand uh, really who Christ was. I uh, went to a, a camp in um, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes summer camp, and uh, is it was there that I really kind of first understood fully the gospel and who Christ was and what He had done. And so uh, that's where where I accepted Him and um, had some great uh, some great people there to kind of counsel us through that process. Uh, that uh, that night as we were there. Um, it was probably still a couple years later um, before I really uh, started developing my faith um, as I went through high school and um, was attending uh, another church, uh, a Baptist church here in Nacogdoches, and um, kind of started to uh, have some, some good mentors kind of guiding me in, in the faith there. Um, and into my college years. And, and that's where I first had the opportunity to um, kind of spread out and, and lead in worship ministry. I uh, got started there with uh, student ministry, and uh, Mike Thomas was the youth pastor at, at Fredonia Hill Baptist Church at the time and, and gave me an opportunity to get up there and, and struggle through and, and kind of figure <laughs> those things out and encourage me, uh, allow me to fail. Um, so that was, that was really uh, kind of a big step for me. And then um, that's, uh, I guess where, where ministry kind of took off, uh, for me and, uh, Kelly and I met there, uh, in college as well. And then, um, later, uh, we, we moved, uh, to Lufkin, uh, and started our professional careers, uh, after college and continued to be involved in the church, um, in ministry there, um, also leading in, in student ministries and in uh, adult worship ministries. Um, and then in 2006, um, 
had had the opportunity to come to Grace Bible Church. Uh, a friend of mine who I had uh, been playing music with for years had uh, had come over to Grace Bible Church. Uh, he was in college. He was younger than me, uh, drummer Justin Romack, and uh, he invited me over uh, to come and lead in a college service. Um, the church was kind of uh, in a transition period, and they were looking for people to, to fill in in those services. And uh, so I came over to help out, knew several of the guys that were participating, and uh, and then kind of from there got into having conversations with Justin Beatles, uh, pastor at the time, um, about the opportunity to come on board uh, in a in a full time capacity um, in worship ministry here. And so we went through that process and uh, and ultimately made the decision to do that in two thousand six. Um, I tell it as kind of a funny story. I came here to get my djembe back because uh, Justin Romack <laughs> had borrowed my djembe. It's a, it's a hand drum. He had borrowed that from me and uh, had brought it over here. And basically that was the only way I could get it back was to come to Nacogdoches, <laughs> change jobs and move my family. Uh, so that's how we, how we kind of got here to Grace. Um, spent several years uh, in, in serving in ministry here and then uh, have been back Um for the last several years, um, and just faithfully serving alongside the the church that's uh, become our family. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's so encouraging, and and so uh, you know, even now you're still leading in in worship ministry. Um, maybe not on staff, but you're absolutely um, leading and and ministering almost every single week here at the church in, in that capacity. Um, and you've been a huge blessing to myself, and so I'm grateful for you. Um, Kelly, would you mind sharing a little bit of your, your story and how you came to know Christ, how you ended up here in the same place as Ryan Fenerud? Yeah, not at all. <laughs> well, he's the one that brought me here, but uh, no, we're glad to be here. Um, no, I, I guess I grew up in a liturgical church like Ryan did, but uh, we went because it was kind of the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, God wasn't real. And I even in high school wrote an essay on how God couldn't be real. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> my thoughts on people who believed in God. Um, I was into everything that you could think of and as a high schooler who doesn't know God could be. And anyway, um, I ended up going with a boyfriend to, um, it was Acquire the Fire, one of those youth oh, rallies yeah, in Houston. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. And uh, it was, you know, one of those where they're throwing out all their CDs and stuff, which I thought was crazy. But through, I don't know if it was through the music or the preaching or something, it hit me. I mean, God, God found me or, knew me. God took me and, and I realized that he was real. Um, and I gave my life to him then. And when I went home that day, I was trying to explain to my mom what happened. God's really real. Jesus is real. Um, and he loves me. And I think my mom thought I was crazy, but that's okay because I know it's true. And so that's the start of my, my life. I think of, uh, a butterfly in a cocoon is always how I think where I was an ugly worm before and now I'm just free in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm at grace because Ryan brought me here, but it's been our family, like you said, <laughs> since 2006, even when we weren't physically here at grace, it was mm-hmm. still our family mm-hmm. kids that are women that I was pregnant with at the same time are still here. And so we have strong relationships just here Very in the good. grace family. Very good. And you all are in the Mitchell small group, right? We are. Engaged there. Very good. And you all have four kids, for those that don't know. Yes. And uh, what are their ages again? And give us a picture into what that looks like being a parent with 
that age span and that number of kids and the season that you're in. Because many that will listen to this are, God's brought several young couples to our church that are just married or married a couple years or maybe just have one child. Uh, what kind of, we'd love to, for you to tell us the perspective of the season that you're in now uh, <laughs> and give them some insights to that. I'll let you start. But. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, do, we have four children. Um, our oldest, Aiden, is 16. Um, and then Trace is 14. And a half, yeah. This is like a test. I know. I I always have to do the math with the with the birth years. Um, Stephen can edit in the correct number if you get the wrong number. It'll be my voice though. So, (laughs) Uh, and then uh, third is Emmy, uh, our daughter, and she is twelve. And then our other daughter, Soraya, is nine. Almost ten. Almost ten. Yeah, in two months. So, um, yeah, and I guess just you know, for me. I grew up as an only child. <laughs> uh, Kelly grew up as the oldest of four. And so uh, family size has has kind of been, you know, one of those things that we had to figure out as we went along. Um, and uh, but it's 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 been great. I got accustomed to a large family, getting to, to know all of her family. Well, it took and, them a while to get used to my family at home. Yeah, getting used to <laughs> used to them and the volume that's always around. <laughs> um so yeah, for us, it's um, you know it's a lot of activity. Uh, our kids are, are active in things, and and we're active in, in things, some sports and music. Um, so a, a lot of days, it's just kind of hold on and, and try to get through the day. And uh, we're texting each other or calling uh, who's picking up who and, and where are we going. But um, fortunate uh, for us my parents live here yes. in Nacogdoches and so uh, and they're both retired now and so they're uh, you know in, involved in helping us to do pick up and drop off and, and, and attending other things and so um, that's that's a great family element to have here locally as well. Uh, to speak to people who aren't at our life stage yet when mm-hmm. our children were very little we had oh I don't even know four under a very small age it was hard. It's hard. I know where you are, <laughs> mm. um, but it's so cool now. They're they're big, and man, once one of them starts driving, it's fantastic because <laughs> he can drive himself places. He can drive his siblings places, uh, so that really makes a difference. Um, ours are very close together. We have three that are within. Oh gosh, you're going to have between to do math. Nineteen and twenty-four months apart. Yeah, three under three, mm. and then we adopted our fourth. Um, so we didn't have her when she was that little, but, uh, it was loud and chaotic as you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's as they're older together to see the boys are, I'm pretty close to best friends. Um, the girls were still waiting to see on, you know, the middle school age, nobody's happy with that age, <laughs> but I think once we get past there, we're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, it's, we love it. We're so blessed to have them all. Uh, Ryan, um, on the, I remember maybe six weeks ago or something like that. No, it's maybe more than that ago. You you asked me about having Aiden on the stage with you and help lead with you and and um and it's been it's been really inspiring for me to to watch and see him, you know, just kind of serving alongside his dad and um kind of your you know your mentorship of him in that and and uh handing down an, an area of ministry to him and and bringing him into that uh, with you. Could you kind of <clears throat> maybe just explain a little bit about kind of some of the drive there and, and I'm, sh- I'm sure maybe he has obviously interest on his own but 
um, how, what that, what that means to you and, you know, maybe why you think that's important to kind of serve with him in that way. Yeah. Um, well, Aiden, Aiden loves music. And, uh, so he kind of, especially really going into the quarantine time with COVID he's, he's been a, he's been in band, plays trumpet. Um, but then when everybody was staying at home mm-hmm. so much, um, you know, one of the things that he really kind of dove into, uh, was, picking up instruments. Mm-hmm. He'd, he'd played some piano before. And uh, so he picked up a guitar and, and went through some lessons and was teaching himself that and just really enjoys absorbing all of that and experimenting with all of that. And so, um, you know, we had talked a little bit about uh, him being involved in there. And um, so uh, we took the opportunity to, to try to let him come alongside and, and kind of get exposed to that. Uh, and, and he really enjoys it. He, he enjoys being musical and he enjoys being involved in, uh, in leading others in worship. Uh, you know, for me, that's been something that's kind of been um, a long time uh, in, in coming is seeing the younger generation get involved in, in worship leading and, um, you know, seeing those, seeing student bands come together and serve their peers, mm-hmm. um, but then also be able to, um, you know, transition into serving uh, in adult ministries. And, uh, you know, as, as we look down the road to a season when, you know, we'll be getting older um, and moving out of those not areas, me. not I you, no, not me, <laughs> but definitely me. Um <laughs> But to see the, that we have a generation of um, young people that are, uh, that are coming up and, and being able to support the church as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember when I first got started in worship ministry, thinking that, um, you know, the, the sounds that we, were, that we were creating at that time were going to be, you know, those were the right sounds. Um, and, and we've all gone through that phase. And then as you mature, you kind of start to, to realize that, yeah, I may not understand this, this new music, um, but I can appreciate it and I can, um, you know, I can learn what that is and how to worship with that. Um, there was a gentleman who uh, had a big influence in my life uh, when I was serving here on, on staff, uh, John Shinrock. And uh, in kind of a transition period for the church, but from, you know, an older uh, hymn-based um, style of music to, you know, more contemporary music. Um, and John, being, you know, older gentleman who had, had himself served in music ministry, came alongside and said, you know, this isn't uh, my favorite style that we're doing, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to support you. I'm going to be in your corner. I've got your back. Um, because I know that the church has to go on and it's not just about me. And that just has stuck with me for mm-hmm. years and years. It's mm-hmm. probably been, you know, 15 years ago that he made that comment to me, but I can still remember that and, and what an impact that had on me. And so I want to see that for our younger generation as mm-hmm. well to say, Hey, you know, you may do this differently. You may sound differently, but we're, we're worshiping and serving the same God and King in yeah. our time. That's so very wise. I've heard, you know, we think through whether it's even biblical counsel or figuring out the order of service or things like that. <clears throat> a really helpful way to think through that, I think, is is MWP, you know, like a three-filter method of first question we have to ask is, is it moral? Does scripture speak to this, yay or nay? Is there a 
Is there a, uh, something prohibiting this or encouraging this? So is there is there something moral about what we're doing that Scripture addresses? And if it gets stuck in that filter, we got our answer, right? We, we know what we should do. But if it makes it through that filter, then it goes to the W filter, the wisdom filter, to say, does the, does the Bible give a clear enough principle to this that uh, can help guide us in how we go about doing this? So is there general biblical principles, even in the Old Testament, that can cross over today in today's time, and the principle that we can take and build a structure around it, uh, kind of where we get the God-man-Christ response? But then the third one is, and this is the tricky one, is preference. If it gets through moral, if it gets through wisdom, then it comes down to preference. What is what is my actual preference? And what's hard about preference is it's the hardest one to be honest about because preference, we can kind of use our, we know what our preference is, even if we don't know it, you know what I mean? And we can read that back into wisdom to say, well, actually this is, we'll, so we'll, we'll find con, almost contradictory type wisdom points to be able to drive in to really get to the third one. So it's so hard to make sure we go that direction rather than on the other side of preference than wisdom and then and mm-hmm. then the morality of, of scripture. So, uh, you know, as somebody said before, uh, you know, principles uh, never change, methods do, you know, and, and that's a, uh, that ability to, to make sure what we're singing or what we're saying, it is scripture soaked. And so that if we're loving each other well enough, then it covers over a multitude of those trespasses that we have relationally. So that's so encouraging to hear of that older generation of uh, at that time making that decision. Now, that's a hard that's a hard decision because we've all got preferences on every single component of our lives. Um, so that that expresses a lot of love that that brother had um, for the people in um, desire. And I would ask, how do you you know, Kelly? How do you <clears throat> you know how do you balance? driving, you know, you're busy, you're a school teacher, <laughs> but I see on Facebook, whether it was all the creative things you all were doing with, you know, uh, you're not opening your home to say, Hey, does anybody need anything? But uh, all the, you turned, looked like I wanted to kind of leave and just go to your all's house. Cause you're all doing activities the whole time. It looked like you, <laughs> you had this figured out science experience. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you kept your calm through a, a situation and kind of made the best of a tough situation, but you're a full-time teacher uh, at the charter school. Mm-hmm. And uh, a mom of four traveling around, all the things that happen with that. And I know, Ryan, you finished your, your, a lot of the counting components that you were studying for and balancing a lot on your plate. So uh, as a woman that loves the Lord, how have you found the ability to kind of get through this, this season in a way that's, that's kind of a beautiful thing? How have you done that? Um, naps. naps are very good (laughs) Uh, no I mean well seriously yes naps but I honestly whether it's short or long but every Mm. single morning I wake up and read at least something in the scripture and Mm. talk to God and ask for that patience is a huge thing with a thousand kids and a thousand kids at school Mm. in my house and at school Um, (laughs) um, and love and, and just relying on God for that. I know when I get my most stressed out, um, you know, I think as a lot of humans do, we tend to carry it on ourselves and I can get this done. I can get this done. But it's those times when I can ask God, you know, I I can't get there. Tell God, I can't get this done. I need your help. I want you to help me and, you know, allow me to relax and, and let you take over. And it's those times when I, again, I just feel the most free um, maybe I don't need quite so long of a nap every day, <laughs> but I, I think that helps. I mean, that doesn't just help. That's the answer. That's, yeah. it doesn't take me a long time. And you know, there's times I listen to other women. I'm like, man, I feel like I should be praying longer. I feel like I should be reading a lot more scripture every day, but start just starting every day just by talking to God and saying, Hey, here's my day today. And I know I need extra patience with this class period. And, 
and just relying on him and asking for help. Mm, that's good. That's, that's very helpful. Uh, what are some things that you've modeled with your kids kind of in the context of your home? Obviously you're, you're bringing them to, you bring them to church. Uh, yeah. I heard somebody once say a day is going to come when you won't be able to bring your kids to church. You know, they're going to get old, too old. They're going to graduate off. So this time of influence we have, with, that's a humbling thought, but this time of influence we have with our kids, it is measured. There is a number of days we're going to have and weeks, but what are some things that you all have found as a married couple that, uh, you know, taking your faith, uh, home with you? I guess, what are some things that maybe y'all try to practice, whether it's like you said, reading scripture or involving them in music ministry and using your giftings? Something Ryan's really good at is asking for forgiveness from our children. Mm. Um, uh, that sounds really bad. Every hour he has to ask. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I, he's, he's very good at that. I mean, we all get upset with our kids and he's very good to when he gets calm, calms himself down that he will go and say, Hey, I overreacted and will you forgive me? Mm. I apologize. And mm -hmm. so I'm That's hoping huge. that that in turn, the kids yeah. will take that with them. Yeah. I think just, just overall being real and being honest. I mean, that's what I was thinking about as well. You know, we all make mistakes, you know, especially at home, you know, every, mm -hmm. every one of us, you know, we lose our cool or, you know, something we're having a bad day at work and yeah. something, you know, just kind of comes home and, and we're able to, uh, sometimes we're, we're more open and more real with our family than we are with people outside because we're, we're with them all the time. And so we tend to, you know, we can take those things out on them and, and we do have to just come back and, and, uh, you know, admit our faults and mm. ask for forgiveness. And I think that's something that's really important with my kids. I want them to, to, when they do mess up, I don't want them to just hold that inside, mm -hmm. to hold that shame, but just get it out there and say, you know what, I've, I've wronged you. I've, you know, I've been, uh, you know, and, and I owe you an apology here. And I think that's a good practice for life. And mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's reflective of how we should interact with God mm -hmm. to, you know, come right out and say, you know, I've sinned and here's an area that, you know, I need to confess to you and I want to turn and repent from that. And then the next time when we come back and do it again, then we, you know, we, mm -hmm. we come back to that same process and hopefully that, that eventually goes away. That's awesome. That's so encouraging to me. That's encouraging to our church family. You know, this Sunday, as we gather for worship again, we'll be, we finished second Peter, finished first Peter, finished second Peter. We're not going to third Peter this Sunday. <laughs> Contrary to rumors, we're not, there's no third Peter, uh, but we are going to be in Jonah. We're going to spend uh, about six or so weeks in the book of Jonah and we're calling the series Eight Words. And uh, it's this little sermon, eight-word sermon in English that that Jonah gives uh, uh, to the Ninevites that he's wrestled with. It's this charge from the very beginning. Not only do those eight words reflect the character of God, that he's gracious and forgiving, uh, but also uh, the charge that God gives to uh, his prophet. Even though the prophet uh, Jonah doesn't want to go take the message, he, he does go. And his word and God's sovereignty, it does not return void. God even, of course, swallows him with a fish, gets him where he needs to go, vomits him up. Uh, and he gives him this the shortest sermon of all time. Uh, and it's uh, it's eight words, and yet it accomplishes its purpose. And I think, uh, as I think about you all as a, as a family, and, and you all were the first people or so that reached out to us when we moved in. Kelly, you offered to come uh, be with Sarah as the, we were moving in. And uh, you all have been so kind to us, took us out to eat that first time together. Uh, our first Sunday here. Uh, but I think about <clears throat> the, the joy of ministering the word together and we'll never know on this side of the kingdom, you know, what little act of faithfulness, what little act of sowing the seed of the word of God 
God used to change people's lives or what a little act of kindness and faithfulness being obedient to the Spirit He's used. So I want to encourage you all to uh, to keep on running the Lord, running after the Lord and, and serving others with your gifts. And I pray that that through this series bleeds into all of our hearts. Yeah. Well, guys, yeah, thanks again for, for being here and sharing and uh, allowing us to hear just a little bit more of your story. Um, church, we're praying for you and uh, we can't wait to gather with you this Sunday. Thank you.